0: Mike Gundy and the Cowboys pick up the win over Texas A&M for Gundy's 8th season with double digit wins. I'm Matt Jordan. Welcome into the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And Oklahoma State caps off a very strange season, but a great season for the Cowboys with a victory over former Big 12 foe Texas A&M as they win that game by 8-31 to 23. A historic night as some stats were Set, broken tied, and Mike Gundy, of course, picking up 10 wins for the 8th time in his coaching career. This season marked 18 straight winning seasons for Mike Gundy, and this bowl appearance was 18 straight bowl Appearances for Mike Gundy, so quite uh, the stint for Gundy in 19 years. His first year, the only year where they were not above 500, or they did not make a bowl game, as they were in his first year, four and seven, one and seven in Big 12 play. It was rough, uh, but then since then, they have really, uh, ha- I mean, had a lot of success. Some 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 would say so much success that it's made people want more than what Mike Gundy offers. And you know, there's a lot you can get into with that. But Coach Gundy, a great season. Some might argue this is his best coach season that he's ever had. Which is funny, where we were three games into the season, what people thought. But a lot of people, after last night's win and looking what they accomplished this season, said, "Hey, maybe this is his greatest coached, uh, greatest coach season ever." And uh, I, I would, I could see that. I, I wouldn't argue that for sure, as the Cowboys uh, did pick up the uh, the victory last night. And they did it in a way that uh, maybe shocked some people. A lot of people coming into this game, it was Ollie Gordon, Ollie Gordon, Ollie Gordon. But that wasn't really the case for the Cowboys, as they relied on the pass. Uh, Alan Bowman had a great game. He was 34 for 49. He did throw two interceptions, but 402 yards and two touchdowns? Now, Bowman played really well, and so did the wide receivers for Oklahoma State. Rashad Owens, 10 catches, 164 yards. He caught both touchdowns. Brennan Presley, who I hope comes back. He has one more year of eligibility. I would love for Presley to return. When you look at Presley, Owens, and Stribbling for next season, that wide receiver core will be fantastic to go along with a five returning starters on the offensive line and then Ollie Gordon to go along with it. You figure out who your quarterback is, and you're talking about the best team in the Big 12. So they aired it out last night. That's how they got the victory over Texas A&M. Ollie Gordon still got his 27 carries, 118 yards. He did have a touchdown on the ground. And then Gunnar Gundy, one carry, 10 yards. He had a touchdown as well. That was his only action. Uh, so shout-out to Gunner in his what is probably his last game for the Cowboys Mike throwing him in there, saying, here, here's a play, and he he takes his one play. He makes a touchdown out of it. Kind of a cool moment for a dad and a son after what was kind of an up-and-down season. So some of the other fun things uh, that happened last night for the Cowboys. I mentioned history being made. Well, first... Linebacker Nick Martin recorded his 134th tackle. He now has the most single-season tackles for an Oklahoma State player since 1986. We also saw Ollie Gordon become the fifth player in Oklahoma State history to reach 2,000 all-purpose yards in a season. The only other running backs to do that are Barry Sanders, 3,526 in 1988, and Chuba Hubbard, 2,334 yards back in 19. Thurman Thomas, 2130 in 1987 and Terry Miller 2009 back in 1976 and then to go along with those season stats we had some game stats broken as well Brendan Presley tied the record for most catches in a game and broke Des Bryant's record of most catches in a bowl game so a couple of uh, record breaking moments for Presley there in what I hope is not his last game as a member of this Cowboys team on the other side of things, I thought Marcel Reed played phenomenally. 20 for 33, he did have that interception at the end of the game. 361 yards. Coming in in a game that he didn't think he was going to be playing in, The Jalen Henderson, the quarterback who was going to play in this game, was suited up and playing because of two opt-outs by two other quarterbacks. He gets hurt early on. They bring in Reed, and Reed has a really good game. Uh, 10 carries for 44 yards. He did have the rushing touchdown, and he was their leading rusher. So he was the offense for them in a game that he wasn't even sure he was going to play in. Goes out and has a spectacular game again, over 350 yards passing. He had the only rushing touchdown, led the team in rushing uh, rushing yards and just looked really good out there. And his favorite target was uh Jaday Walker who had eight catches for hundred and thirty seven yards. So props to Texas A and M for fighting and this went hard. They were very short handed due to opt outs and changes from the coach being fired mid season, all these players entering the transfer portal or just opting out altogether they were really trying to piece something together. And for the most part, outside of a couple of wide receiver changes, Oklahoma State had their team there. Uh, you know, Alan Bowman was the quarterback for most of the season. Ollie Gordon, we know about him. Uh, Rashad Owens has kind of emerged. We know what we had Brendan Presley. Leon Johnson the third, also a great game. Four catches, 86 yards. He had a catch in the fourth quarter that kept a drive alive that was one of the best catches in a game full of great catches. Uh, Kel Cabinis gets his first catch of the year. Just one catch for 10 yards. Cool little moment for for Cabinis, But Looking at what we saw last night and what this team could bring in the future, Ollie Gordon did say, you know, why would he leave? So I have to think that he's coming back. I would love to see Brennan Presley come back. You're going to keep Rashad Owens, and you're going to get Deshaun Stribling back, who missed most of the season with an injury. And up until that injury, was the best wide receiver on the team. Him and Presley were 1-2. And then he gets hurt, and luckily, guys like Rashad Owens emerged. Uh, and now you have three great wide receivers heading into next season, a elite-level running back, and all you have to do is figure out who the quarterback is. Now, Alan Bowman did apply for that medical redshirt, medical extension, that extra medical year because of the season he missed the whole season. It's unlikely he gets it, but he could, and I would think he would come back. He would be the quarterback. If not, then it's either Garrett Rangel or it's going to be Zane Flores. Now, we saw none of Flores this season, and I've seen more than enough of Rangel. So I hope that it's Flores. I don't know who it will be. My hope is Flores. Unless Garrett Rangel just turns into a guy just great all of a sudden. If he does that, fine. I'm just not convinced that he has that in him. And I don't think at this point anyone's transferring into Oklahoma State. So I think it's either Flores or I think it is another year of Bowman if he's able to get that extra year of eligibility. So recapping this Oklahoma season, man, was it a crazy one. You look at all the things that went on this year. You win a 14-point game against Central Arkansas. You're playing three quarterbacks. You're giving them each their own divided-up series, so they all are playing about the same. You don't look great, but thanks to some defensive adjustments, you come away with the victory. You travel to Tempe. You don't look great in that one either. You get down early, but again, thanks to some defensive adjustments and really Gunnar Gundy playing well. You come away with a 27-15 to 15 win there. Then doom and gloom happens. All hell breaks loose. Everything falls apart, and you lose ugly to South Alabama 33-7 to 7, and could have very easily been a complete game shutout, but Oklahoma State scored late in that game. On a Jaden Nixon two-yard run that happened early in the fourth quarter, so had it not been for that, you get shut out and you get beat really ugly in ugly fashion, 33 to 7, against the South Alabama team that I think finished like six and five on the season. So a really terrible loss there. You're still doing the whole rotating uh, three quarterbacks out, uh, as in this game, you saw Gunnar Gundy go. 9 of 18 for 64 yards. Alan Bowman go 6 of 12 for 42 yards and he threw an interception. And then Garrett Rangel only threw the ball 5 times, completed 1 pass for 8 yards. It just was an ugly game. Uh, Ollie Gordon only touched the ball 3 times in this game for 12 yards. And so you you see how this performance went. You see how the season has started through the first three games. And, yeah, you're 2-1, and one, but you just had a horrible loss. And now you're about to head into Big 12 play, and you still don't have a quarterback. And you're like, oh, God, this season's going to be long. I was not looking forward to this season. I was ready to clean house. I was ready to start over, fire them all into the sun, and let's just start again. And then... You lose to Iowa State, but you make it look good. It's close. It's 34-27. You have Mike Gundy finally picking a quarterback and just rolling with Alan Bowman. Bowman uh, played okay, not great, 23-48 of in that game, 278 yards, two touchdowns, but we finally see... Okay, we believe in a few players. Alan Bowman, he's your quarterback. Ollie Gordon touches the ball 18 times. He goes for 121 yards. We're finally seeing him emerge as the guy in the running back position. It's not Collins. It's not Nixon. It's Ollie Gordon, and we're going to feed him the football. And you lose by seven, but you look the best you've looked all season, but things are still not looking great. Then you have to go play K-State. And this is when things started to change. You you roll off a 29-21 win against K-State on the backs of Ollie Gordon carrying... 21 times for 136 yards. Then you roll in and you beat KU the following week, 39-32. Then the big win, 48-34 in Morgantown over West Virginia, where Ollie Gordon really goes bananas and goes from getting Oklahoma State attention and Big 12 attention to getting national attention and as he goes for 282 yards on 29 carries and four touchdowns. And almost has ten yards of carry, and you're like, okay, things are looking good for the Cowboys. Can Oklahoma State figure things out? At this point, they're five and two. They're three and one in conference play. They've looked great in three games. Then they go out and have a great game against Cincinnati, and then they win Bedlam. And Bedlam, what a game! You win it 27-24 you win the final bedlam it was the icing on the cake it's like it, whatever happens the rest of the season it doesn't matter ollie gordon two touchdowns 138 yards rushing you really relied on him and then you had rashad owens having a great game and you could see owens as bowman became the starting quarterback owens kind of being more and more comfortable with bowman as the guy this is his second game where he really had a great game 10 catches 136 yards he also had a great game uh against KU in that one he had nine catches for 112 yards so as the season progressed you started getting more and more excited and started realizing hey after we beat OU hey Big 12 championship is is on the table it is absolutely on the table, but then you fall apart in Orlando and lose another ugly game. I think you could say two of Gundy's worst losses in his coaching career. I think the Central Michigan loss back in 2016 is up there, although that was a kind of an officiating blunder as much as it was a Mike Gundy blunder. To go along with these two losses against UCF and South Alabama might have been the two two of the worst losses in his coaching career in what was an otherwise great season. That's what's crazy to think about is that people are considering this to be one of Gundy's greatest seasons coaching-wise because of what he went through and what the team did and the ups and downs and how he was able to win bedlam, make it to a big 12 championship game and then beat Texas A&M in a bowl game and win 10, 10 games or more for the eighth time in his coaching career, 18 straight bowl appearances, 18 straight winning seasons. And yet you look at this season and it might have two of the worst losses of his coaching career. The UCF 45-3 loss where they the game was ugly. It was sloppy. The weather conditions were horrible. Alan Bowman played awful. Ollie Gordon did not have a good game at all. Bowman threw three interceptions. Gordon only had 25 yards rushing. And Oklahoma State fans are like, man, is it is this how things are going to end for us? Or was this just a post-hype Oklahoma win into a lost trap game kind of feeling and ended up being that that was the case as they rebound 43 30 over houston and then beat byu in two overtimes 40 to 34 wasn't not a great game you can you know the the big 12 championship game is is forgettable uh it was it was great to make it there uh texas really handled that game this is a very good texas team that i think has a real shot at winning a national championship this year but, uh, yeah, you you know, Big 12 championship game, you got there. Let's just say that and move on from that. And then you win the TacSac Bowl. You win the Texas Bowl. You look fairly good doing it. Bowman still had his issues. I mean, the man loves to throw interceptions. But he played well enough to win the game. And, and I said, you know, if, if we weren't going to have great Ollie, you were going to need good Bowman, and you got him. And Alan Bowman played really well outside of two interceptions. And... And caps off a pretty good season for Oklahoma State. I know that uh, 400 yards that he had in the TacSac Bowl was the first time he passed 400 on the season. He'll finish the year with 15 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 60.68 completion percentage, uh, 304 for 501, and 3,460 yards, averaged about 250 a game just under it. And then rushing-wise, Ollie Gordon ends the season with 1,732 yards, rushing 21 total touchdowns. Just a great year for Ollie Gordon running the football. And then Brennan Presley will end the season with 101 catches for 991 yards, 6 touchdowns. Rashad Owens ends the year with 63 catches for 895 yards and 5 touchdowns. And then Leon Johnson will end the year with 33 catches, 539 yards, and one touchdown. Ollie Gordon added, um, 330 yards through the air, which is what pushed him over the 2,000-yard mark. Uh, He did catch one touchdown as well. So 22 total touchdowns, over 2,000 yards total for Ollie Gordon, and just a fantastic game. Defensively, guys like Nick Martin, Kendall Daniels ended the year with the interception to seal it for Oklahoma State. Uh, Colin Oliver was also great for the Cowboys. So Oklahoma State puts together a crazy season. A season that a lot of fans wrote off early in the year, myself included. Do go look at reviews on this podcast from the first few weeks of the season, and there are two of them that ripped me apart because I was being so negative. And at the time, I didn't think there was anything to cheer for. I am normally the positive Oklahoma State fan, but what I saw the first three weeks, the four, first four weeks of the season, was a a coach that was out of his element with how things are working. With the transfer portal, with the NIL, and with the changes to football, and for whatever reason, being stubborn and trying to stick to his guns and play three quarterbacks to figure figure all that out, and it not working, and the team suffering because of it, but somehow they're able to right the ship, and I still... You're not in this position. I believe that firmly, that he put himself there because you start Bowman from the start and you give Ollie Gordon the football. Had Ollie Gordon it not taken four weeks to go, oh, hey, we need to give Ollie Gordon the football more, he might have just rushed for 2,000 yards. He might have won the Heisman. He might have ran for 30 touchdowns. But it, it took too long. And now you go. Now you go into next season knowing what you have—an offensive line that returns all five starters, three very good wide receivers if Brennan Presley stays, and the best running back in the nation. That's what you have offensively. And defensively, you bring a lot of lot back too. And it starts with Nick Martin. There's no reason this Oklahoma State team, when you look at their schedule, which I've broken down before, can't win the Big 12. There's no reason this team, if they figure it out at the quarterback position, whether it's Zane Flores or it's Rangel or it's someone else, maybe it's Bowman, this team should absolutely be one of, if not the best team in the Big 12. 100% no doubt in my mind. OU and Texas are gone. It's time for a new head of the table. And in my opinion, that's Oklahoma State. Thanks for listening to the Pokes Podcast with me all season. I've enjoyed it. It's been a fun ride. It's been a wild ride. And all things considered, my first full year doing a podcast, or I say my first full season doing an Oklahoma State podcast throughout all of football has been fun. It was rough at times, and it was incredibly fun at times. I appreciate you being with me throughout the whole ride, whether you enjoyed it or not. I'm Matt Jordan. Thanks for listening to the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.